Good stuff. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. After Thanksgiving, the trip to fan, trip to fane, I never know how to say that, but it's flowing. Everybody's sleepy today. It's going to be a great morning. Last week, someone told me, uh, two weeks ago, they came up and apologized because they knew that they had fallen asleep in the service and they, they were sitting right in the middle near the aisle. I won't point anybody out. If you're here today, you know it. Uh, <laughs> but they were sitting right in the middle and uh, they came up apologizing to me afterwards. And I said, look, this is the way I see it. If you needed the rest and God had to bring you into this room to give you the sleep that you needed, you just sleep away, brother. Just sleep away. So if that's you today and you know you just need a break, you just lay back. And uh, I only ask that if you snore too loudly, you know, try to have the person beside you nudge you, pull you out of that deep coma today. Well, we've been in this conversation this, this uh, month about talking about getting rich and uh, You know, all of us have thought about that at one point or another in our lives. Probably those of you who do the bills in your family. Who does the bills? Like, who's responsible for that? Okay, you probably, more than the other members of your family, have thought about what it would be like to have more. Uh, When it comes to the end of the month and you're kind of looking at where you stand, just that thought comes to your mind, if we just had a little bit more, this whole process would be a little bit easier than it is. But we're actually speaking this month about addressing some of the specific areas that God designed us or desires us to be rich in. And uh, God's desire for us um, always hits deeper into our hearts than our desires. We want to meet a surface need. You know, we want to have enough money to pay the bills. We want to have enough to save. We want to have enough to do whatever our goals are. But God always has this way of saying, hey, I want to address your heart. And that journey might be a little bit different than what you think uh, the easy answer would be or the quick answer would be to whatever it is that you're facing. So today we're going to talk about getting rich with God's blessing. And we're going to look at Proverbs uh, chapter 22, verse 9 to get started. If you have your Bible, you can open it up. You can also just look in your scoop today. Uh, The outline is actually inside of the scoop now. If you pull that out, you can follow along. Take a few notes today. That may be helpful for you. But in the, uh, Proverbs 22.9 links this principle of being blessed um, with, our, gener- with our, our uh, ability to learn to be generous. So blessing comes with generosity. And it's not just mentioned at this one place in Proverbs. If you know the book of Proverbs, there's a lot of short kind of like uh, kind of little, little quotes or bits of wisdom all the way through the book of Proverbs. It's mentioned four times in the book of Proverbs where it links uh, God's blessing with our generosity. Four times in the book of wisdom, one of the wisdom books in the Bible. And then it's also mentioned more than a dozen times in another place in other places in scripture where generosity is actually linked directly to God's blessing in our lives. So I think it's kind of important when you see that many times it, it, it reoccurring in scripture that we pay attention. Proverbs 22.9 says, blessed are those who are generous. States it very simply. Maybe you want to circle blessed and generous there, or underline those two. It's that clear link that God's saying, blessed are those. Blessed are those who are generous. Now, when I was a younger man, I would think uh, if I was richer, if I had more financially, then I would give a lot more than I currently do. How many of you have kind of thought that way, maybe prayed that way? God, man, if you ever decided to unload the lottery on me, if that was ever my lot, I promise you, I would be unbelievably benevolent with these funds that came my way. I I would be very generous. We've all had that thought in one way or another. But did you know that in real life it rarely works that way? It rarely works that way. On the average, and this is according to the National Center for Charitable Statistics, that the percentage of giving actually goes down as your income goes up. Isn't that a little bit counterintuitive? 
But it's true, the percentage of giving for people goes down as their income goes up. So you can see on this chart, uh, people who give, uh, and this chart expands, I just took kind of a section of it, people who give less than $50,000 a year on average give, I think that says 4.9, something like that, just shy of 5%. And this is kind of across the board, this is just a, a survey taken across the board. So 4.9% for people who, give, who earn 50000 or less in their household income. And you can see that as you get to the final column here on this chart, 250000 to a million dollars a year, that it's actually almost cut in half the percentage that's given, 2.5%. I think that says a lot about human nature. So I've got this pretty good, good hunch from the data that we don't automatically become more generous as we become wealthier. Now, the part that you couldn't see on that chart because it expanded out further is the first time that that turns is after you make $10 million a year. So it, it continues to decline until you hit $10 million or more, and then for some reason it spikes back up, and the people who make $10 million or more a year end up giving about 5% away, and I think that's probably, it does well for their taxes or something like that. I'm not certain, but uh, who knows? Maybe you just, maybe there's a threshold there uh, that once you hit $10 million, you just suddenly uh, become more generous than previously. By the way, how many of you cleared more than $10 million last year? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Okay, you can come and talk with me after the service because clearly your tithe is going to another church. <laughs> just, we could just have a conversation about that. You know, keep the lights on around here, keep things rolling. No, that it's, it's funny how that works because we dream or we think about, if I just had more, I would definitely give more. It would change the way my heart works. But the truth is, God says, it doesn't change your heart. Your heart stays the same. Like your heart, if you can't be, with what I've entrusted you, if you can't learn how to be generous, with what I've entrusted you, how could I ever entrust you with more? Because you don't understand the principle of it. Your heart needs to change along the way. And that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk on this subject, uh, how God blesses those who give more, how to be blessed by giving more. How many of you know what the term prosperity gospel means? Anybody ever heard that before? All right, that basically means that God wants you to be rich, that he desires that People who believe in that uh, theology actually believe that God designed, he, he wants, he intends for you to be rich. And you just have to kind of go out and claim that, those riches, and make it happen. And you might be able to picture any TV preacher right now making a ploy, well, if you'll just give, then you're going to get this from God. And I want to be clear, that's not what we're talking about today. That is not what I'm, what I'm implying or what, what we're even talking about today, because I don't believe that's a true reflection of the heart of God for us through Scripture. As it turns out, what we're talking about today really starts with this one premise, and that's God's goal isn't to make you wealthy. God's goal is to make you generous. God's goal is not to make you wealthy. His goal is to make you generous. And when you're generous, the Bible says you'll be blessed by God. When you learn to be generous, you'll be blessed by God. And please know this about today's service, that generosity is not about something that God wants from us. Generosity is about something that God wants for us. And you have to be clear on that because if you think this is just another one of the list of rules that God has laid out that he wants from me, he wants a tithe from me, God wants this from me, if that's the way you view it, your heart will never engage with the heart of God. You'll never be able to understand the heart of God. This is not something that God wants from you. It's something that he desires for you because he knows that generosity and your generous heart will change the way you live. It'll change the way you look at life. It'll change uh, the way you interact with people. It'll change the way you live your life in the day-to-day. And that's what we're talking about today. So let's jump in. Uh, The first point from Scripture that we see is this. Your giving will bless you, so give generously. 
Your giving will bless you, so learn to give generously. God encourages us not only to give to his kingdom to help accomplish his goals here on earth, but he also encourages us right along with that to learn how to be generous. In fact, the Apostle Paul, who actually worked two jobs at times so that he could be generous with what he had been given, uh, based it all on, on a simple principle that he applied to God's kingdom. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the Apostle Paul says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, let me break this very complex principle down for you. The farmer who sows more seed will have a better chance at a bigger harvest. This is no rocket science here. You put more seed out, you have a better chance at, at bringing in a bigger harvest. And we're often afraid of giving because we have this uh, kind of minimalistic mentality or, or we have this fear-based mentality. And we think this, what if I have an expense and I need this money? What about retirement? Is anybody else around me giving this much or, or am I being too generous? But according to Paul and to the stories of a lot of other Christ followers who I've known, fear is irrational when it comes to giving generously to God's kingdom. This is on par with a farmer who, because he is afraid of losing his seed, he doesn't plant seeds in any of his fields. Now, this sounds a little bit crazy, but many of us have been guilty at times of kind of holding things back, our finances, that God intends to be sown for harvest in his kingdom. And I can remember recently, uh, a year or so ago, when I was in Ecuador, and we're going through one of the thickest parts of the jungle, and all of a sudden, we're kind of in, in the middle of the, this heavy overgrowth, and there's corn everywhere. Like, we're on the side of a hill in the jungle with all this brush, and we're all of a sudden in the middle of corn right beside us. And I talked to, to one of our uh, international workers who was there, and he said, yeah, the jungle is so fertile. He said that we'll just come in and kind of brush, clear an area with some brush. He said, and we'll just throw seed. He said, we'll just throw it out there. Just cast it everywhere. He said, because it does, we don't even have to plant. He said, it'll just take and it'll grow up. And he said, you know, they found that kind of the more generous they are, the more seed that they, they broadcast or the more seed that they, they sow in that way, the larger the, the crop is going to be for them. And it's such a perfect environment for it. It's just a beautiful way to see it. So the more that we invest in God's work, the more fruit is going to come from it, the more that uh, God's fruit will abound in our lives. It's not something that God wants from us. It's something that God wants for us. The more seed we cast, the more seed we plant, the more we'll reap back from the Lord. And Paul is addressing financial giving here. He's not just talking about the more good works that we do. He's not just talking about giving of our time or of our talent. He's making a direct link between our financial gifts and the fruit of the grace of God that can abound in our lives. Now, Jesus said it this way. He said, given it will be given to you, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I never really understood this until a few years ago when someone painted this picture for me. So in Jesus' time, in Jesus' day, when you would go to the market in Jerusalem or you would go somewhere to buy grain or buy corn, what they would do is you would take your outer garment and you would literally either hold it out or you would sit down and you would hold your outer garment like this. And what they would do is they would say, a good measure would mean that the person who was selling you the grain or the corn or whatever it was would pour it into your outer garment and you would literally hold your outer garment out. And he says, it's a good measure when it's pressed down so you're getting it into every fold and every, you know, kind of every part of the garment that you can. It's shaken because what happens when you shake it, it all settles down in, right? There aren't pockets that are being unfilled 
And it even gets to the point where it's running over. Like that's a good measure. That's generosity. And then what does Jesus go on to say? He goes on to say, he said, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so Jesus is saying in this case, if you're the person who's pouring the grain and you're shaking it and you're pressing it down, you make sure that that person gets everything that they can out of that transaction. You're generous with it. You're making sure it's full, that it's, it's running over, that there aren't places where, where um, you've held back. You know, if you're on the receiving end of that, you're walking away feeling like, I got a good measure. I got a full portion of this. And Jesus is saying the measure that you use as you give to others that same measure will be given to you. Jesus isn't saying if you want to get more, give more. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if you give more, even your little generosity will be rewarded with God's generosity. In fact, he says, he sets that up like it's directly related. Give less and you're holding back the generosity generosity of God. Give more and you're opening yourselves up to be blessed. We talk about this often with our kids. I don't know where we learned this early on, but this concept that obedience brings blessing. Obedience in your life brings blessing. I mean, so much of the time in life when you're, you want your kids to learn to obey and when you want, them to, you want them to obey so that their life is blessed, so that they walk through life as they learn that I'm obedient, as I'm obedient to my parents, as I'm obedient to God, God brings blessing into my life. And so much of the time, I think, those things that we want our kids to get a hold of are the things that we want to bring back into our own lives and say, Lord, would you teach me in life that my obedience to you brings blessing in my life, especially in the area of giving. This is one of those areas. And here's the principle. We don't give to get, but we do get when we give. Again, God addresses the motives of our hearts. So we don't give in order to get, but God promises us, I'm going to bless you when you give. You will get when you, when you give. Giving to God's kingdom in hopes that he's going to provide uh, more so that we can bless his kingdom and other people does work. This is what God longs for. We don't give to get, but we do get when we give. If we can learn to be generous, we're going to be blessed by God. And this is what God wants for us. God wants for us to come to the place where we enjoy his blessing as we're able to be generous. You know, over the years, I've learned that the hardest part of being generous is the decision to get started. (laughs) It really is, because you're dealing with your own heart motives and you want your heart motives to be right, but sometimes you just got to decide and make a decision on something. My wife and I have a longstanding joke about this because she's more frugal, and early on, she just, when we try to be making a decision about how much we were going to give to something, she would say, oh, you just make the decision. You're more generous than I am. And I said, yeah, I know, but God's given you a lot of wisdom, so we need to balance these things out, you know, and pray about these things together. But we made a decision 20 years ago, almost. We're almost married 20 years. We made the decision that we were going to start our marriage by giving 10% of our income to whatever church family we were a part of, and then that we would give more as God led us to do so. That as there were times when the Lord said, we want, I want you to also give to this, that we would do that in obedience to God. And this was a tough decision because it meant sacrifice. And truthfully, at the time we were married, we, weren't not, we were not making a lot of money. And so It wasn't just, hey, we'll just start giving this and hope that it all shows up. We had to wrestle with it. We knew that giving our hard-earned, in-scarce-supply cash to God would would mean not spending or saving it somewhere else. And as it turns out, generosity always seems to start with sacrifice. Generosity is a hard issue. 
You can't just blindly say, oh, I'm going to start being generous right now and throwing money to the wind. That's not the way God designed it. God designed it so that we would learn to wrestle with the sacrifice of generosity. That we're not just blindly saying, Lord, I'm going to throw money out there and I hope you're going to provide. No, we're going to say, God, I'm going to give out of obedience and I'm going to count the cost. And it's going to be sacrificial. But I'm trusting, God, that you're going to do a work in and through me that's greater than what I can see everything's going to work out on paper for. And we didn't choose to give because we thought it would make us wealthy. We chose to give out of our desire to be obedient to God and because we knew that obedience to God always brings his blessing. It always does. We also knew that however God chose to bless us, that any way he wanted to do that, he would do it so that we could bless others. And that's a principle that we've learned over the years in our marriage as well that when God blesses you, he blesses you to bless others. He doesn't bless you just so you can retain it all yourself. He blesses you so that blessing can flow through you and be a gift to others as well. And we didn't know how it would turn out, and that's, that's kind of part of it too. That's kind of part of learning to be generous is not knowing how it would turn out. <laughs> it's sort of like loving isn't really loving if, if we know that we're going to get something from the other person. Generosity is a step of sacrifice that we, just, we don't always understand the return. We just get, have to have our faith in God. So here we are many years later. We're certainly not rich by the world's standards, but we're blessed in order to be a blessing to others. And this Thanksgiving, we could count that blessing. We knew that. We were aware of it. And it's been amazing to have many, many times along the way where we could be a small part of God's generosity uh, towards blessing others. It's been a beautiful thing. So how do we get started today? Well, be a generous giver by giving proportionately, by giving 10% or a tithe. God set up an easy starting point for us, and he called it the tithe. It's, it's a 10%. It's a way to get the training wheels on our generosity by, by giving 10% of all the good things that God has already blessed us with. And if you're thinking, well, I'll just start to give 10%, and then I'll just hope that the rest shows up again, that's not generosity as much as it is flippancy. That's a little bit too much I'll, I'll give in order to get. And generosity is, this, is a decision that will involve a level of sacrifice. But if you obey and count the cost, I believe that the doors of blessing will be open to your life in ways that you didn't imagine God would open those doors. Your giving will bless you. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't you want to have that sense that you're being obedient and that God is blessing what you do? Isn't that such a, isn't there so much more confidence in that place of, God, I obeyed you. I made this decision out of obedience to you, and now I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you now with my finances. If you're not at that place today where you feel that sense of, God, I'm trusting you with my finances, there's a whole huge area of your life that God wants to say, give it to me, surrender it to me, and watch how I bless you. Watch what I do that couldn't be done when you were clinging tightly to it. You'll be amazed at how God opens up the doors of his grace into your life because your heart is generous. And that leads us to the second thing. Your giving will bless you. So number two, give enthusiastically. Give enthusiastically. Some of you might say, give enthusiastically? Really? <laughs> How do you get excited about giving your money away? Like, this seems like one of those things in Scripture. It says, like, rejoice when you're persecuted. Or, you know, like, well, that all sounds really awesome. But how do I really get excited when it doesn't feel like we have enough already? How do I get excited about giving money away? And listen to the advice that we get from the Apostle Paul. He says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that before, but why don't you underline or circle that last line? God loves a cheerful giver. He loves that. 
And if you've ever given reluctantly or maybe you've given out of guilt or because you were afraid of what other people would think, if you didn't give, you probably didn't enjoy giving. You know, that probably wasn't an enjoyable experience for you. But here's the hard truth. God didn't enjoy your giving in that moment either. (laughs) It's kind of a little bit of a bummer to think about, but if you gave reluctantly or your heart wasn't right when you gave, God might be thinking something like, well, if you're giving out of guilt, just keep it. I'd rather partner with someone else because God wants to be our financial partner, but he wants to be the senior partner in this financial relationship that we have. And he can't do that when we're not enthusiastic about the partnership. So think about this. If you are not not only enthusiastic about, if you're not enthusiastic about giving to God, then you're not enthusiastic about the partnership that you have with God. God says, well, I might be able to use your money, but I can't do the work I want to do in you. And that's the bigger part for him. God doesn't need your money. (laughs) Come on. Think about it. He needs your heart. He wants your heart. He says, I have this work I want to do in you. There's this thing I want to do inside of you that's so much bigger than your 10%. Your 10% is just, just getting you started. I have this awesome thing that I'd like to do in you and I'd like to do through you. So in these times, if you could think, well, we could just choose not to give. That's another choice that you have. But if generosity brings blessing into your life, uh, that doesn't seem like a really wise choice either because then you're just choosing to lock God out of your finances or lock yourself into them as, as uh, the sole controller of your resources. And if you're a Jesus follower, motives are a vital part to your giving. Giving is about so much more than money. It's about the effect that giving has on your heart. And you know, Jesus talked a whole lot about money. Did you know that Jesus talked about money more in Scripture than he talked about heaven or hell combined? Jesus talked more about your, your, generous, your generosity and your heart in giving than he did about heaven or hell, and those are two pretty important topics as well. The Apostle Paul, who wrote a whole lot of the New Testament, also addressed money and wealth and work and giving an awful lot in almost everything he wrote. Why? Why not just just address uh, our spiritual life and leave our financial life out of it? Why bring it up so often? Why is it such a consistent theme in Scripture? Because whether we like it or not, how we interact with our money reflects our heart, and it affects our heart. Money has power, and if we aren't careful, like we've talked about in the last couple weeks, money will have power over us, and it will be the senior part partner in the relationship. And if you don't believe me, look at what Jesus says, and this is big. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and you'll love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now look at what he says. You cannot serve both God and money. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you really need to understand why money has such a powerful effect on our heart, because Jesus actually sets up this comparison between God and money as our two masters. Like, God or money as your two masters. When you think about that, it should kind of be like a, whoa. Jesus knew either you were going to trust God or you were going to trust your resources and that this would be a huge part of your relationship with him and your desire or your ability to surrender your life to him. Jesus said you can't worship both. You can't have your trust in both. It's either going to be in one or the other. And money is such a powerful idol in our lives, whether we have a lot of it or we have a little of it. It can be a huge controlling power in our lives. So why do we resist this conversation? Why are, when we're told not to give reluctantly, but to give enthusiastically, 
Why do we kind of want to not talk about that? Because giving enthusiastically has the power to break the hold of money on our life. Enthusiastic giving points us back towards God to be grateful for what he's given us and to teach us to learn to trust him every day to be our provider, to trust him more. All right, here's what I'd like you to do. If you have any coins or dollar bills in your pocket, I'd like you to pull one out right now, okay? And don't worry, I'm not taking an offering. Not yet, not yet. Uh, But if you have a coin or a dollar bill in your pocket, pull it out. And if you don't have one, maybe the person beside you can share. This is a little, just a little object lesson today. All right. On the coins, it's always on the side with the heads. It's not on the tail sign. But there's a little statement on all the coins about God. And on the dollar bill, it's on the back side. So on the coins, it's on the head side. But on the dollar bill, it's on the back side. It's four words. Can we just read it out loud together? Ready? In God we trust. Right on our money. Did you ever think about how ironic that is? I mean, did you ever think about it? You know, I actually did a lot of research this week. Um, Siri did research for me, and I just read what she brought up. But keep your money out for a second. Hang on to it for just a minute. Uh, it's, there's a lot of interesting history to why we decided to put that on our, on our currency as a nation. And there was t- times and seasons when it came off of our currency and then was put back, placed back on our currency again. But for whatever the reasons were, and there were many different reasons that you can do research on as to why the Founding Fathers uh, decided they were going to put that on our money and why it was taken off at times and why it was put back on. For whatever reason, I just think it's so ironic that right on the very thing that Jesus said, that God said we would struggle with the most as far as being an issue of our heart in trusting him and releasing him, right on the very thing on there it says, in God we trust, that we put our trust in God for that very thing. Penny, dime, nickel, dollar bill, $20 bill, $100 bill, $1,000 bill, whatever it is, uh, it's right on there. So let me ask you, look at your money for a minute. Look at what it says. In God we trust. Do you? Do you? I mean, for whatever reason, the founding fathers decided to put it on there. There's a lot of speculation about that, and I don't know the exact answer. I can't speak for every one of them. But do you? If you had to say, when I look at this bill or this coin, now if you've got a penny, it might be a little easier to say, all right, I trust you, Lord, with that one. But do you trust him? Now, don't put it away. Should it say for you, in this bill I trust, or in this coin I trust? What's more realistic for you today? Is it, no, God, in you I trust. In God I trust. Or is it in my, in my bill, in my coins, I trust. Jesus is inviting you today to be free from the hold of money, to trust in a loving God, to trust in his provision for you, not in your money. Giving enthusiastically is the antidote to materialism or to hoarding or to holding back. Every time we give enthusiastically, we give focused on God's provision. That's how you give enthusiastically when you're focused on God's provision for you, and that helps us to recognize that it all comes from God, that he's our provider, that faithfully throughout time, as you continue to say, in God I trust, not in me I trust, and you can continue to learn how to give more and more enthusiastically over time, it helps strengthen your faith. As a matter of fact, with the emphasis that Jesus gives us, I wonder if he doesn't know it's one of the biggest ways that we strengthen our faith and our trust in God, 
is when we learn how to surrender our resources to him. I said this before, but while God can bless a gift that's given out of duty or obligation, God cannot bless the giver who gives it unless his heart is open and ready to receive that blessing from God because he's trusted in him. And some of you might be giving, but you're not ready to ask God for his blessing because you might feel guilty asking God to bless you. But what if you could give cheerfully? What if you could learn to start to say, hey, I'm going to change my whole framework on this. And I'm going to say, God, I want to step into the river of your generosity and I want to learn, I want you to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. I'm not thinking of my own well-being and just hoarding God. You know I want to provide for my family. You know I love the people around me. You know I want to have integrity and I want to pay the bills that I owe. But God, I want you to bless me so that I can be a blessing, so that I can learn to be generous and that I can give joyfully. I want to learn how to do that without building a dam and a reservoir to keep it for myself, but rather, to God, that I can be one who builds canals so that your resources can flow from me to my family, to others, to people around the world who need it. God, I want to learn to trust you in that way. How do we do that? Well, we can be an enthusiastic giver by giving systematically, by giving systematically, and that each time you get paid, each time you have an increase in your life, you give. And if you've never given before, you might not feel enthusiastic at first. This might not be your first uh, inclination. But does that mean, well, I decided I'm not going to give until I'm all giddy about it on the inside. <laughs> Don't go there. Because you may never get to that place. And the truth is this. You still do it because in the doing, you begin to find the joy of giving. Because I do believe God wants us all to get there. He wants us to all be enthusiastic givers. So if you aren't cheerful or enthusiastic, ask God Ask God every time you do it to help you be more enthusiastic about it. And by systematically doing it, like every time you get paid, how many of you smile a little bit when you know it's payday? <laughs> we smile about that. We should smile each time we systematically give to the Lord. Every time we should say, God, make me a blessing. Thanks for blessing me so I can bless others. It's a joy, God, to be able to give this away. It's an honor. It's, a, it's an honor to sacrifice for you. When you keep that conversation going with the Lord, it starts to impact your heart. Every time I get a paycheck, and I give it 10% to the Lord, it gives me joy because I keep that conversation rolling with the Lord. God, help me to be generous. Help me to learn to be a person who knows your heart, gives it away to others in a way that honors you. Thank you, God, for providing for me. Bless me, God, so that I can be a blessing to others. It's an amazing, amazing thing. God doesn't need your money. He owns it all, but giving enthusiastically has the power to set you free. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you, which leads us into the final point of the message today. Your giving will bless you, so give expectantly. Give expectantly. Did you know, did you know that God has something in mind for every dollar that you give towards accomplishing his desires on this planet? He does. And do you know what one of the largest parts of God's desire is for every dollar that you give? Blessing you blessing you. Seriously, look at what the Apostle Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians. He says this. He says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This is God's desire for us. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Paul has this same underlying principle in mind as Jesus. He says, you don't give to get, 
but you'll get when you give. I will bless you. You gotta trust me on this. As your heart changes, I will bless you. I will provide for you. I will meet your needs even when you don't see a way. Giving sets our hearts up to be regularly enriched deeply by God, not just financially, but spiritually as well. God even promises to share his righteousness and his goodness with us as we learn how to be generous. Giving helps us depend more fully on God to supply for our needs and enlarge our harvest and to help us to learn to be more grateful. Maybe you thought about it when you sat around the Thanksgiving table this week. Maybe as you thought about what you could be thankful for, maybe you recognized, hey, I don't have all that I want but God has certainly provided good things. He certainly has provided what I need. And if you don't have that perspective, maybe that's part of the work that God wants to do in you right now. He wants to start you to learn to give expectantly. When we give, we're to give expecting that God will reward us by helping us grow directly through his grace. My wife and I have used um, M&Ms for potty training our kids over the years. Um, I don't know where we came up with that, but, um, you know, as they go to the potty, their reward is the M&M. And M&Ms just seem to get the job done. (laughs) Uh, Kids love them. It's good. It's not a big thing. It can be a little thing. It'd be one or two or however many you decide in that moment. But here's what I found over time. When our kids would go to the potty and they would do the thing that they were supposed to do, guess what they would do? They would come right up to us with their hand out. They were ready. They did what they were supposed to do, and out of obedience then, they were expectant to be rewarded. They were expectant. They had experienced it consistently over and over again. So they knew, thank you, (laughs) I did my job, and now you can reward me with something sweet and delicious. God says, when we give, give expectantly, because I have a reward for you. You might not know what it's going to look like. Don't try to manipulate with me with saying, God, if I give, then I expect that you're going to take care of this over here. God just said, be obedient and watch how I bless. And so we can begin to pray expectantly. We can begin to go to God and say, God, I'm being obedient. I feel good about my obedience. I've done what you've asked of me. I'm learning how to have a generous heart. And now, God, I'm waiting and I'm anticipating your blessing in my life. We should expect that when we give, God's going to increase and bless our lives. And his power is going to flow through our lives to other people that we care about. And it's going to bring abundance. And that blessing is all tied to our giving, to our obedience. But it is really good for us to remember that God's ultimate goal is not to make us wealthy. God's ultimate goal, remember, is to make us generous. That's his ultimate goal. And God's promise is that if we give, he will increase our standard of living so that we can increase our standard of giving. In other words, he'll bless you to make you more generous. Your giving will bless, will bless you. Uh, we don't give to get, but we do get when we give. How many of you have ever gone on a missions trip? You've ever been on a missions trip anywhere. All right, anyone who's been on a missions trip knows that you prepare for the trip and you go thinking that you have something to offer. And that's your whole prayer. God, I want to go and I want to bless or encourage or help or do something. And how do all of you who have been on a missions trip return from that trip? Feeling like you've been given more or you've been blessed beyond anything that you ever could have offered to give. You come back feeling like, oh my word, God, the gifts that you gave me on that trip were so much bigger. It was such a paradigm change for me because I went thinking I had something to offer. And in going to bless others, I was so blessed in return. I had no idea 
God, what you were going to do in and through me. That's the way God's abundance works. That's the way his blessing works in our lives. God loves to bless, and Jesus promised that uh, blessing to those who give. So give expectantly, believing that God is going to respond. Well, how do we do this? Be an expectant giver by giving prayerfully. Give and then pray. God does want us to give, so I'm not asking you to, to, to pray saying, God, give me a sign if you want me to give. It's clear in Scripture, if you're a Jesus follower, you already know Jesus isn't subtle about this. We talked about it today. Jesus wants us to give. He's enthusiastically clear about his desire for us to learn how to be generous and to recognize his ownership of all things by us learning to give generously. So instead of praying about your giving, why don't you learn to pray after you've given or pray over your giving? Here's something that you can try. Give and then pray. Give and then say this, God, you promised to pour out your grace generously in my life as I bless others generously with what you've given me. And then you pray expectantly that God is gonna bless you. Remember that God's goal is not to make you wealthy. God's goal is to make you generous. We don't give to get, but we do get when we give. Remember this. When you pray and you ask God, say, God, will you take these resources that I've entrusted to you, would you not only use them to bless others, but God, in this, in this same breath, Lord, I am expectant that you're going to do a great work in my life and return to me things that I, I never could have imagined that you would. God doesn't talk about giving because he wants something from us, but because he wants something for us. And this morning, you might say, does this really work in your life? I mean, is this really true? Yes, it does. And as we wrap up this morning, I want you to listen to this story about God at work in a member of our, our church family in Teresa's life as she went on this journey. Let's watch together. Terrified about the idea that I had 100% of the mortgage expense and utilities and daily living expenses and only 50% of the income base that we had built this house on. I really didn't know what I was going to do next and for the first time in my life I can say I, I didn't have a plan. Time passed and I reconnected with a man that I had known from high school and we began dating. Shortly after that, we started attending Daybreak Church together and then became engaged. God spoke to both of us as he was struggling financially as well after his divorce. And Daybreak Church had offered the Financial Peace University courses. We signed up together as a couple and began attending the Financial Peace University courses in September of 2012. Daybreak Church and Financial Peace University reconnected me with the biblical principles that I had known as a child but had decidedly forgotten as an adult. God provided me with exactly what I needed through those courses, the guiding principles regarding giving, saving, investing, and spending. My faith wasn't strong enough when I first started the courses regarding tithing. 
I could see progress that I had made regarding decreasing my debt and increasing my savings, but I wasn't committed enough to be able to obey God when it came to tithing. So I prayed and I asked others to pray for me and I began tithing a full 10% of my monthly income. The blessings that God has given me for my obedience has been immeasurable. I have managed to eliminate nearly all of my debt. I've increased my savings substantially and I continue to tithe the full 10% of my income every month. Since the Financial Peace University courses, I have made substantial home repairs, paid for in cash, and in 2014, I was able to reapproach my mortgage company and they were able to finally release my ex-husband's name from the mortgage and put everything solely in my name. It was really important for me and for my kids to stay here in this house if possible. This was the house that two of my three children were born in. Um, we've always lived here as far as they knew. Um, my kids didn't know anywhere else. This is the school system that they've always been in and their friends that were here. This was a house that I had a huge part in helping to design. I know that I was able to accomplish all of this only because I trusted and obeyed God. It was God's blessings that gave me all that I have because I chose to follow and trust Him and obey Him. And that's really the only plan that I need. God loves to bless us, and Jesus promises his blessing to us when we learn how to be generous. So I just want to ask you this morning, why are you holding back? If you're holding back God's blessing that he wants to in and flow, flow in and through your life, why would you want to hold back any longer what God wants to do in and through you? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? You might feel like, I don't know how I could ever give when I don't have my finances in order. What if in giving, God starts to bless your obedience? When you think about it, kind of refusing to give to God, uh, you're saying, God, I know my financial plan isn't working so well, but I wish, and I wish I was more blessed, but I think I'll just stick with my plan rather than involve you and be able to receive your blessing in my life. For some of you this morning, this idea is, is pretty new. This idea of giving, it's surprising. Giving would be a huge step for you. You're thinking about what you'd have to give up or what your heart motives would be even in starting to give and how in order or not so in order your finances may be right now. But I want to encourage you today, what if you took a step toward God, a step towards trusting Him through learning to be generous? What if the act of giving actually helped you involve God in your plan by choosing to put yourself in a position where you stopped doing finances on your terms and you started involving God who has it all and who owns it all? You said, God, I want you to lead my finances. I want to entrust my finances to you. For some of you this morning, this isn't a new idea. You've just been resisting it for a while. Maybe you've even given before, but you got out of the habit or you let fear and the what if I give, what if I give and then I need it kind of question invade your mind. But maybe today God's spoken to you that fear has no place in giving when you decide you're going to fully place your trust 
in God who is a great provider, who loves you deeply and wants to bless you and your family and others through you. Lord, for each of us today, would you make us generous people who know that obedience to you brings blessing in our lives? God, would you help us to be generous by giving proportionately? God, would you help us to give enthusiastically? You're our provider. We trust you. Help us to give systematically, Lord. God, we want to give expectantly. God, we want you to make us generous so that we can be a blessing to others and we want to look forward and anticipate your blessing in our own lives, however it is that you may choose to bless us, Lord. Make us expectant givers who give prayerfully, looking forward to how you're going to use the resources that we entrust to you and also, Lord, looking forward to the work that you're going to do in and through us. You're so good to us, God, and your plans make so much sense. Help us to walk in obedience today. Help us to take our next step of surrender, whatever it may be. And Jesus, we need your strength. And we need to place our hope and our faith, our confidence in you in order to do it. So it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In your program today, there's a response card. It looks like this. On the front of your response card, there's a couple of ways specifically that you may want to respond today. Uh, you might have a prayer request that you need to write on there, maybe something that came out in today's message, something that you know you need to trust God with, maybe the financial mountain of debt that you're in. I had a conversation with someone in our church family this week who was just saying, you know, we're under a mountain of debt. It just seems impossible to get out of. Maybe that's where you are and you need to ask for prayer today. You need help. Maybe you need practical help or encouragement Maybe your prayer request isn't tied to that at all. Whatever you want to write, whatever is on your heart and on your mind today, once you write that prayer request in, we'll pray with you and for you. But under Celebrate God's Grace there, there are a few boxes on your card. One says, take the Financial Peace University course, which we're going to offer at some point starting in the new year. Maybe today, like Teresa, you know, God, I just need some direction. I need some help from where I am. And maybe you need the wisdom of other believers and God's word to help get you on track. Maybe you say, I want to do that. Come the new year, I want to be a part of Financial Peace University. Go ahead and check that box today. We'll let you know when the next class is offered and that would be a good step of faith for you to take possibly today. And on the back on the bottom is the four-month giving challenge, which we've talked about quite a bit. But maybe you didn't realize that the message today was basically the three points of the challenge. To give proportionately, to give systematically, and to give cheerfully. So this could be a great guide for you today. If you want to get started in giving or you want to take a next step in giving, maybe you just want to fill this out. Maybe you want to take it home and pray about it and say, God, what are you asking of me? What are you asking of me? I want to be obedient to you. And you could start and be prepared so that when you start the new year, you know that you have a peace about the fact that you're being obedient to God with what he's asked of you and that you're in a position where you're ready to receive his, his blessing so that you can bless others and that you can experience the full measure of trusting God. Whatever your response is today, why don't you take these next couple moments, respond to God, and then feel free to join us as we worship our great God together.